Welcome to the Out of the Bubble podcast. My name's Rachel Peru. Join me as I share a weekly dose of midlife inspiration, where you get to hear from amazing women who are embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way. Breaking down the midlife stereotypical barriers and proving it's never too late to find new passion and purpose. And to step out of your bubble. So what's stopping you? So welcome back to a new week on Out of the Bubble podcast. How are we all doing? I'm genuinely excited about this year. There's so many amazing guests lined up to share with you on the podcast. It's so exciting to to know that I've got a whole year lined up with a waiting list of women that have got incredible stories to share with you and such an array of conversations. So it's going to be a really good, fun bumper cut pack year. And thank you so much for everyone that is subscribing and listening to the podcast. I'm being able to reach more women now. And, you know, last week it was number 27 in the Portugal podcast charts. I ended the year last year in the UK charts in the the top 30. So the more women I can reach with these stories, then the more we can create a ripple effect. And we can encourage women to step out of their comfort zones because as so many of these women show on on the podcast, you never know where something is going to lead to. And today is definitely one of those guests, Stephanie O'Dell. She's the founder and creator of Celebrate the Grey, and that's grey with an A, not an E. And she is a force to be reckoned with. She has decided that because she couldn't see what she wanted to be, she created her own model agency. So she now looks after grey-haired models, influencers, ambassadors, brand ambassadors, and, and runs focus groups with brands all around the subject of encouraging brands and fashion industry to include women over 50 into the conversation, which because we are still having to knock on doors and bang those drums. And I love the fact that she had no knowledge of the model industry before this. She was a stylist. So yes, she might be behind the scenes, but she certainly wasn't, didn't have the tools to, to set up a model industry and didn't let that her stop her. She started with writing a blog and then it developed into something much bigger. And she's really making waves over in the States. And I love the fact that she's so passionate about it. So whatever you're doing, grab a coffee, sit back and enjoy. So I'm going to say good morning to you, Stephanie, even though it's five o'clock in the evening here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to connect with you. And it's yet another social media contact. I love all these connections that we can make across the pond. So whereabouts are you? I'm in California, so the Bay Area, just about 20 miles north of San Francisco. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Lots of rain. Like? Oh, well, well, well like... torrential, torrential rain, which we're not used to. Um, and unfortunately, we've been in a drought for so long that it, it's really wrecking havoc on a lot of hillsides and trees falling and the ground just can't absorb all the water that's coming, which is, you know, they said that we may be headed out of the drought, which we haven't heard in probably eight plus years so oh, wow. a miracle yeah well I live in Yorkshire in the north of England and uh, it rains a lot <laughs> it's beautiful <laughs> but we're quite used to the rain <laughs> we were just there I was there with my daughter in August when it was so hot oh so, yes quite the other extreme I we walked through Hyde Park and Regent Park and the grass was all brown I just realized you probably don't have watering in the parks yeah no we don't normally need it interesting well, we have got so much to talk about. I said in your introduction that, you know, we are very much on a very similar mission and we have got a lot in common. And so it's kind of knowing where to start. But the first question I ask all my guests to get some kind of idea about the person I'm interviewing. If you could choose three words to describe yourself, what would they be and why? Um, patient, fulfilled and aware. 
Oh, I've not had you. Know, I've not had those three words. That's lovely to have something different. <laughs> and I like the aware. When you say aware, what what made you think of that word? Well, I realized as I'm doing this work in Celebrate the Gray that everything I've done in my past has really made me aware of the unincluded and the people that are kind of sit on the sidelines accepting what society serves them. And I look at my kids too, and I realize how aware they are also in the way that they approach and notice. Um, So it's something I pride myself on is being aware and I do it everywhere and anywhere I go. I'm always like, oh, look at that. That person isn't engaged. Maybe we should go sit and talk to him. My kids, I drive them crazy when I'm out because I talk to everybody and anybody. And they're kind of to the point where like, can you just, can we just go to the market and <laughs> talk to people? <laughs> but I just find, you, one, you find out such interesting things about people. And the other side of it is you really may give that person a lift in their day that they never, that they needed. um, And it also lifts me up. I mean, I started Celebrate the Gray as a blog. And um, that was my point was to talk to 100 women in the beginning. And I just met these incredible women that I wanted to see those women in advertising and marketing and not what we're currently served. Yeah, and it's creating that ripple effect. And before yeah. we get kind of really dig deep into Celebrate the Grade, where did the inspiration come from? It Because you were a stylist before, weren't you, working in the fashion industry? So you were already behind the scenes involved. Yeah, I, you know, I just kept hearing that messaging from people. I can't wear that. I'm too old. Um, and then my older clients started saying, I can't wear that because I'm too old. Or the fashion industry's forgotten me and I feel invisible. And then I noticed people starting to dress almost to become invisible because they didn't see themselves represented. So it was just kind of a theory in my head. Like, what if we saw ourselves represented? Would that change the thinking of what was possible around aging? So did a small photo shoot around it. And I started a blog first and just met these incredible women. Um, I had this great friend that said to me, I was... You know, when you have an idea and it's overwhelming because the possibility of the idea, it's like it's too grand or too great that you, for me in the beginning, I was like, who am I to think I could do any of this? Yeah. So I stopped myself and was kind of like, just, you know, don't even try. But a friend said, just start a blog and just talk to people and see what the reality is. So that theory kind of became more and more cemented. And I met these incredible women that I thought to myself, I want to see these women and advertising and then did a small photo shoot with six of the women I interviewed and then I saw the theory in practice and I'm sure you have felt this being a model you know we did the hair and the styling and I did the um, hair and makeup and then more modern styling that they saw themselves differently and they started to give themselves permission to wear color to be sexy to um, think about and that's a catalyst for change clothes can be a catalyst for change internally and motivate you to think about what's possible absolutely it's that saying is it that you can't you can't be what you you don't see see. yeah Yeah. I really believe in that and I think it can create the ripple effect and and make massive changes in women's lives can't it yeah and it's interesting that you said at the beginning as well about how you almost stopped yourself from doing it because you didn't know where to start and I think lots of women will be able to resonate with it I know I did it and I think it's the case if you've just got to make a start you've got to put a, a a mark in the sand it doesn't have to be perfect does it just start right Right. and so many people said to me well how are you going to make money and what is it you're wanting to do and I didn't know um and you know I was fortunate I was in the situation I didn't have to make money 
immediately where I know a lot of women are in the situation they need to make money immediately, but there's ways to be creative. There's, you can do a side on the side. Um, and I think the patience is one of my words because I was always kind of a person that moved very fast through life and didn't have patience to say, okay, it's not working out right now, but what, what, what have I built right now? And what's the, what are the things I've done so far versus the things I haven't done so far? So that really taught me to focus on what I've done. What, what's a logical next step? Not, not what's the end game. What's the next logical step that I could do. And sometimes the answers come to you because the universe is to me, I believe the universe is trying to tell us things and we don't take the time to listen to what's yeah. being served to us, or we don't feel worthy of being a, you know, at that position. So sometimes you have to gain that. For me, I had to gain the experience and credibility to be able to vocalize what I was trying to build. And that's okay. Um, I had a lot of friends that said, just go for it, do it. Do it. And I'm like, that, I can't do that. I have to actually do it. I can't just say, this is what I want to do. I have to actually do it. Yeah. And then, so now I'm to the point of after almost six years of credibility, um, having a strong voice and knowing what I want to try to achieve. And have you always had that strong voice or has that no. grown as well whilst you've been doing this? I think it's come with age. Um, mm. You know, for me, it came from raising kids, doing a lot of volunteer work. I started styling as a volunteer at a, a nonprofit. And, and that led to styling at Athleta. It led for styling at an um, online styling site. You know, it was a gradual thing for me. And that's just who, as a person, I, how I need to work. Um, I, I'm i not one of those that says, I'm going to do it. To, I mean, I'm going to do it tomorrow. It's always in my head. I'm always working on it, but I'm chipping away at it. And that's just the way I've done it. Now that I have the confidence, I'm taking greater steps and greater risk. But I had to get myself there in my own way. Yeah, you've been through a process. And now look at what yeah. you've created. So celebrate the grey. Tell us about that. Because you now represent models, influencers, really championing and supporting women over 50. Yeah, that is who we are. Um, we are Celebrate the Grey started as a grey modelling agency. I, I, women started reaching out to me because I got some local press and some national press about the small photo shoot that we did. And um, I didn't really know what I was creating in the beginning. And that's kind of when I circle back to don't worry about what the end game looks like. If if right now you're just, in fact, in the very beginning, I put an ad on Craigslist, which is our local kind of, I don't know if you have Craigslist in the UK, but it's no. um, where you can sell things and buy things and find connections. And um, I put an ad looking for gray models and some of my Models are still some of those women that reached out to me from that. And asking for advice, you know, I asked every gray model I could find and asked, what is the industry like? I knew nothing about the industry. And so started very small. And I thought it was going to be local in the Bay Area. I joined the Chamber of Commerce and I joined a bunch of networking groups. And then pandemic hit. And that pivoted things drastically because all of a sudden, I didn't have any opportunities locally and everyone had time on their hands. So I spent the two years really connecting and building community, building diversity in the brand with uh, race and size mm -hmm. and age. Um, we start at 50, anyone 50 and above. And there's not really 50 and above gray or going gray was my starting point and not a proponent of facial 
plastic surgery. So that was my starting point. And from there, then we've grown to include influencers. And that was because women was, were reaching out that weren't gray. I'm going gray slowly. Um, people say, well, you know, when are you going to go gray? And I'm like, I am going gray. That's not my gray. Celebrate the gray is the gray of aging. You know, yes. if we can turn all the gray of aging into a celebration of our wisdom and experience versus this demise, would we age differently? Yeah. And it really does drive me mad. You know, I'm 52 now. I didn't start modeling until I was 46. I've, I've been gray since I was 13. And, you know, I ditched the dye when I was 45. And it was, the, for me personally, it was liberating. I found it really empowering. But society still has such a negative approach yeah. to women with gray hair compared to men that are silver foxes. It's so infuriating, isn't it? Yeah. But I think, you know, seeing visuals like you have on your screen and, and all the work that you've done and seeing all the women out there, um, a lot of the women that are part of Celebrate the Gray that um, are showing, you know, Michelle, um, Great Days Ahead is one of our models. And she has this beautiful, long gray hair. And, you know, one of the things we're told, oh, when you age, you have to cut your hair. You can't have long hair because yes. you look like a witch or you look, you know, it just ages you. It draws your face down all yeah. the above. But back to you can't be what you don't see when you see her. I mean, she's my inspiration for my hair, I mean, I love long hair. I'm an athlete, I'm a runner, so I want to pull my hair back. And I'm not going to cut my hair. And I've had people say, oh, you got to cut your hair, or I've got to cut my hair. I'm like, why? Who? Who is, where is the, the law, the rule that says you have to cut your hair? So um, that is so powerful for women to see. And, and also for younger, and I'm sure you've been on shoots, and younger people to say, oh, I didn't realize this is what 50s looked like. Um, you know, how modern you are and and vibrant and all the work you're doing and how you reinvented yourself and became a model later in life. Um, then those younger people start to look at aging differently. So they will age differently. It's this very powerful intergenerational opportunity we have to educate younger people about the power of aging and not the yeah. demise of aging. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. I think it's really important that we have those intergenerational conversations because we do need to pass it down the line. You know, and I, I remember my mum had super long hair when she was 15 and got it all cut short because she was told from a very young age that, that you know, it was it was aging and she needed to get it cut and she didn't want to be mutton dressed as lamb is a very British saying about older oh. women. And, and, I, and I remember now, and if I'd have known what I know now, I would have stopped her and I would have said, listen, you didn't have to do that. But yeah. it's so I do think generations are learning, aren't we? We're, right. Our generation compared to my mother's has definitely improved and understanding things better. Yes. Um, although my inspiration, you asked the question about my inspiration for things. Um, part of my inspiration was my now almost 92 year old mother that um, when my dad's health started to fail, she said, well, I guess that's the last of traveling. That's the last for me. And I went, what, what, why? Well, and that was the generational, you do what your husband can do. And she changed that for herself. She traveled. Um, she still is tries to travel. Um, she's part of groups. So I think that, again, and, and part of that inspiration came, I interviewed a woman that was 96. She was part of a rock and roll band at her um, community that she lived in. And she, you know, was super interesting. And I did an interview with her and my mom said to me, oh my God, she's so inspiring. So I, it's never too late to be inspired and think about taking back your power. Um, and I saw that and saw that in her dressing too. It went from 
um, neutral tones to kind of disappearing colors to injecting color into her wardrobe. Um, I love her chartreuse jacket and this butterfly skirt. And I just thought, oh my God, it can happen at any age. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I love, love, love hearing stories like that. So yeah. uplifting and, and reassuring, isn't it, for what's what's to come next. But, you know, when you started this, you said yourself, you hadn't any, you'd, although you'd worked behind the scenes of the fashion industry, you hadn't worked in the model industry. So what kind of response did you get when you were trying to team up with other modeling, model agencies at first? Because at first, didn't you go down that route of trying to connect with them and see how they would approach it? What was their response? Their response was, we've got our older models and it's not really a demographic brands are interested in. So I thought, wow, I have money. My kids are almost out of college. I'm going to have more money. I buy for myself. I buy for them. I buy for my partner. I buy for my parents. I'm a loyal customer. Yeah. Unlike my daughter, who's 22, who buys not as much as she used to, because we have a lot of conversation about it, but buys whoever she's following or whoever the influencer of the moment is. Um, so I thought that's short-sighted. Why would, and, and I had a good friend that was in marketing and I had a conversation about it. She goes, well, we want the lifetime of a customer. So we want to get a customer when they're 25 and have them. I said, but we're living longer and healthier now. So if you got me in my fifties, you could have me for 40 years potentially. So it's a short-sighted in that effect. and also. We are a very vocal, 50 plus women are very vocal, loyal, and want to support brands that understand who we are. So, uh, and then I did the number crunching behind, and it's huge numbers behind the spending power of the 50 plus women. Exactly. That's the most infuriating thing for me is the consumer point of view. You know, I think the um, there's a longevity report in the UK that... Yes. If by 2040, we're going to be the biggest yes. consumers of fashion and shoes, more than young people for over 50s. So yeah. to ignore such a large demographic when they when they get their spending power is huge, seems so, yeah, short-sighted and, and really narrow-minded. I don't really understand how we can make them change. Well, I think our dollars speak loudly. And those brands that are doing it well, I always say to people, let them know that you notice. You know, a lot of times people don't brands don't get any feedback so they think oh she's not really there or the dollars they also have expectations sales are going to increase dramatically from one campaign and i don't know if you've experienced this but it takes more than one yeah campaign yeah. and one you know picture in a catalog uh, we're a very smart consumer and we can see through oh it's a checkbox they're checking exactly. the box put an older yeah. model in their campaign but are they really looking at their product and what are the visuals look like in their store and what's the narrative look like? Um, yeah. So there's more to it than just throwing a visual up and saying, okay, we've included her. Now she's going to buy from us. Yeah. Um, and I've Definitely. worked with brands that pull the whole campaign after one round because other sales didn't increase. Yeah. Well, it's not going to happen overnight. Exactly. And there is, there is still that tokenism. You know, I've been involved in some fabulous campaigns and, some of them have just used older models once and then you go on the website and there's no e-commerce follow through. There's no older models on the page. They're literally yep. just in the campaign. And then you go and look to find a product with a woman you can relate to and they're not there. Well, it's not right. going to work. They're not going to get those numbers. So hopefully that is starting to change and they're starting to realize that it's a longer term plan. Yeah. Do you know, um, 
um, the bias cut in yes, the I've worked. Yes, I've worked. With oh, you worked with them. Yes, I've worked with them. Yeah, fabulous. Oh, great. Because yeah. she's fantastic um, and is doing that right. She's yeah. making sure her product works. She's um, using authentic women um, and carrying it through on all the platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'd say she's really the only one. There's a lot of people that are trying, but the brands that are really doing a better job are those small niche brands that are being started by the 40 plus woman um, and understand the power of following through on all platforms. And I know you do a lot of consulting with brands as well, and you have a lot of conversations with these brands to open doors. How did you find that as as an outsider getting into the industry? How (laughs) reciprocal were they to have these conversations or did you have to knock on a lot of doors? I, I've spent, sent a lot of um, DMs to Instagram, um, gone on websites, and, you know, it's been a slow process. Mm-hmm. And um, But I think it's good the way that I've gone about it because I've gained so much information from what are the challenges, um, why are they not willing to put dollars behind the campaigns? You know, I, we had some interesting campaigns in the beginning, a swim brand we worked with, um, great campaign. They hired five of our models. We did an Instagram all summer long. We did an event at the end. We did Instagrams every Friday to talk with the models, um, talk about product. The gal that was the CMO was fantastic. And, but again, sales didn't increase and it was the brand was run, run by males and they thought they young skinny girls were what women wanted to see. So that was kind of where it stopped. So I think people, I have a lot of conversations. I've talked to a lot of big brands and it's kind of this, I call it a slow grind. They come back, they check in. I see that they're looking at things. And so it'll, I think it's the next frontier, as we talked about briefly in, in inclusion. And it's funny because every single one of us ages. So it's the one that should be approached first and foremost. Yes. <laughs> but it's the yeah. last. It does feel like the last, doesn't it? I think it really yeah. does feel like there's been lots of progress in the plus size arena and they've been more inclusive in sizes. I don't know what it's like in America compared to the US, but compared to England but it's definitely um we've made big waves in in that area but then there's ageism still hanging around and not really shifting yeah I like to say with celebrate the gray models you can check box your gender your your age your race and your size inclusion with one model um so you might not have to use three models you might have to only use one so I can save you money but what do you think about the whole influencer side of things because I think during lockdown, it really has opened up a lot of doors for lots of women that have felt that freedom to express themselves on social media. So I think that's been an amazing opportunity. Have you seen an increase in brands wanting to use older influencers as opposed to models? Yes. And I think the cost that's associated with it is um, much more attractive and much more direct to the consumer than a print campaign. Uh, So that is definitely the direction. Sales, it's hard to increase sales dramatically on an influencer campaign, but you build awareness and then you, like you said, um, then you follow it through to make sure your website and all your platforms match what you're saying on Instagram. But yes, it's much more desirable by brands for an influencer. And those models that people are looking at, I'm sure you see this because you have a good following. 
you're more marketable. I mean, you're more attractive to a brand because you can then use your social media to talk about the campaign and uh, extend the reach of the campaign. Yeah, and I think it does open up the conversation as well. It, you can have a more direct conversation with with like-minded women that are following you for that reason. So it does. It's a good opportunity for. It's a good starting point for brands, I think, to to, yeah. to test the water and to see what kind of response they're going to get. And it's much more authentic. Mo- many of the women that are part of Celebrate the Grey have huge followings, mm-hmm. and they are very. The, those women are very engaged with the influencer, and. You know, we're very careful of who we work with. We don't just work with any brand. We vet every brand and make sure that they understand who the 50 plus woman is. And I, you know, do a lot of consulting on that side to make sure that there's authenticity to what they're doing. And we talk about what the product is. The brand, the influencer tries the product and makes sure that she really would use the product. It's not going to be a situation where she's never tried the product and she's out there promoting it. So that's super important to me. And what big wins have you had so far? Have you had moments where you thought, absolutely, we are, this is it. I am on the right direction. I know that this is working now. What have been some of those moments? Well, we did early on, we did um, a campaign for H&M with Iris. Um, and the the model that was hired, and it's one of these just beautiful stories too. The, the thing I love about it, I got a call from this woman in Florida. She said, we're shooting a campaign, couldn't name the brand and couldn't name the celebrity. Mm-hmm. But as she was explaining it, I figured out and I said, is it Iris? I don't know if you know who Iris is. <laughs> yes, I but, do. Yeah, I love her. Um, yeah. And her collection sold out within days, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so this, it wasn't a model. And again, they used all young models within the campaign but the model that was used from us was her stand-in so she did everything behind the scenes to make sure everything was blocked she was on set with iris and the beauty of this whole thing was this model was from portland but she had grown up in new york she one of her idols was bill cunningham which was the columnist for the new york times that used to do all the social and iris and she said when she was young she used to on saturdays go and try to find where Bill Cunningham was and where Iris was. So it was a bucket list item for her to meet Iris. And we were able to get her booked for this campaign. And she flew out to New York and was two days doing this. And it was all very hush hush. And we couldn't tell anybody. And then we couldn't really talk about it much after because they didn't want people to know that there had been a stand in and it wasn't really Iris in a lot of the positions. Yeah. But that was early on and it was super exciting. Yeah. To, to get a big brand like that, to, to, to even look yeah. at, to know who you are, it just shows you that you're on their radar. And even yeah. though conversations might not have come into fruition for bigger projects yet, just knowing that, that they know who you are now and the work that you're doing is a really great place to start from, isn't it? Yeah. And we're casting right now a very big hair brand. Um, so hopefully we'll get that job and that would be huge. So fingers crossed on keeping them yeah. crossed for yes. you, <laughs> And the models that come to you, are they women that have modeled all their life or they're new to modeling? Both. Uh, right. I have women that are part of other agencies. So mm-hmm. I have a women sign a non-exclusive agreement so that they can work for a variety of agencies. And then I have women that reach out that just feel so powerful and about their aging and want other women to feel the same thing. And they feel great about how they look and want, want to add this in. 
to what they're doing or they're returning to modeling because they modeled when they were young. Uh, so I really have everything. Would you Every model yourself? Have you done some modeling? No, no. <laughs> um, no, but I, um, no, I, well, I did some with the swim campaign. I was part of that campaign. Yeah. So I get featured with the celebrate the gray, but you know, I think I'm have a powerful aging story. I'm still running. I run with my daughter who's 22. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything I can't do if I try, but I have really, and my mom is a super um, powerful role model for me. So I'm lucky, you know, a lot of women don't have that. Yeah. And I think by doing the work that you're doing and the work that I'm doing, the sharing these stories of amazing women, helpfully will we'll give other women role models that don't actually have them in their lives on a day-to-day basis. They can see them and they can hear their stories, which is definitely inspiring and motivating, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think too, so often we hear the news picks up those big celebrities or those big names. And um, so I always like to say to people, look, I had no experience in opening an agency. Um, I had a marketing background, but I just asked for help and I took classes and I went to small business classes and figured out how to do it. And I'm still learning. That's what I love about it, too. Yeah, that's it. So you're on a journey, aren't you? And, and you're yeah. learning and growing as you go along. And where will it lead to? What are your ambitions for the for the Celebrate the Grey? Have you got big big ambitions or are you just going with the flow? No, I definitely have big ambitions. It's funny that you ask because I just had a long conversation with a good friend of mine that's a um, career coach. And so it's I'm taking Celebrate the Grey to the next level um, and figuring out how to really monetize more and how to build more programming and um but it's a learning again it's a learning um but I feel like I have a really good base um we have an amazing collective of women and we have great services I have great services that I offer um but it and then it circles back to monetizing yourself and monetizing and it's hard for women to put a price yeah. on their value um so I'm learning that part of the business Absolutely. It's about knowing your worth, isn't it? And we, you know, yeah. you have got so much to offer, so much wisdom, so much experience, and that has to have a value and you have to be able to honour that. I think it's really important. Yeah. How can people find out about Celebrate the Grey? Where can they come and find you? So I am Celebrate the Grey and Grey with an A. It's the American spelling and Grey, not the UK spelling or the European is with an E. Um, Instagram, that's my website. And I'm on LinkedIn. And if there's anybody out there that's interested in modeling, we have a few gals in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different process that we're trying to figure out if that's viable for people. But uh, part of the thing that we talked about social media is that there's so much opportunity on social media that yes. you really can be anywhere and get um, opportunities. So yeah. if anybody's interested, gray or going gray or an influencer with a thousand followers or more um, to reach out to me or if there's brands out there that really want to understand the 50 plus woman who she is where she is how do I reach her I'd love to talk to Stephanie yeah talk to me (laughs) yeah Um, I also have a really deep resource platforms and podcasts and photographers and creative agencies to help those brands that need direction I love the work you're doing my last question that I ask all my guests, Stephanie, 
because I recently did my own poll of 200 women and asked them all over 40 how how comfortable they were accepting compliments. And mm-hmm. I think it came out to ask. Yeah, yeah, what was the response? I'd like it to know. It was, um, I shall tell you, it was that, well, 8% of them said they found it cringingly uncomfortable. How many? 8% said they... 8%. Okay. Only 27% said that they were absolutely fine with it and actually enjoyed a compliment. And the rest were split between mildly uncomfortable and batting it off and not enjoying it at all. So if you were to pay yourself a compliment, what would it be? I would say that I'm super proud of building something meaningful and important. Absolutely. Well done, you. I think you, I love what you're doing. I love what you've built. And I love your motivation for it because it's empowering so many different women that are involved in Celebrate the Grey, but also that are watching it as well. It's a twofold thing. So keep doing what you're doing. It's fabulous. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm so excited to be introduced to you and have this connection and know more about you. And I know we need to have another conversation just about the what the work you're doing. And, and I want to hear more about what your experience have been like. So we'll have to schedule that too. Definitely. Let's stay in touch. We've got a lot more to talk about. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you today. Thank you. Thank you. So many takeaway points from that conversation with Stephanie today. And what I really loved about it, right at the beginning, was sharing her vulnerability of having an idea but not knowing where to start and how overwhelming that felt. And for so many, that can that could be a real hurdle to get past and a real barrier that actually stops them from even trying. And like Stephanie did, she, she didn't know where to start, but she started by taking that first step of doing something really simple, like writing the blog post. And then it grew and her confidence grew and people's trust was built by the work that she was doing. She was consistent. And then she developed that passion and it grew into something much bigger. And look what she's achieved since. When I first started this podcast in 2018, I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never done anything like this before, certainly not the technical side of things. And I'm very fortunate now that I've got Adam on board that's that's making a big difference to the audio and sound quality. But I hope that you can see a difference between where I started 2018 to now. And that's all part of the journey. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect when you start. And I think that can be something that really puts women off. So don't let that fear of not knowing. Just make a a mark in the sand and go for it and start small and see where it ends up. Because you just don't know what direction it will lead you to. So I really enjoyed listening to how it started and developed. And look what she's achieving. I think it's amazing that Celebrate the Grey is supporting and getting women seen that that are over 50, that are grey-haired, that are older, that are enjoying the ageing process, that are out there, bold and beautiful. And we need to see those in the fashion industry because I know for a fact from our own Midlife Body Confidence Survey where we interviewed 200 women, 70% of them still don't feel represented on the high street. So brands do still need to have this conversation. We do still need to get them on board. And women like Stephanie are doing amazing things in the States to to change that narrative. So love what she's doing. And don't forget, you can go and look her up on social media and also on her website, Celebrate the Grey. And that's grey with an A, not an E. And I will be back in a fortnight. If you are listening to this podcast and you're really enjoying them, hopefully you've subscribed. If you haven't, go and do it now after you've listened to this. Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe and then you won't miss any of the episodes. But if you are enjoying it, I would really love you to get on board and support me by buying me a coffee. I've set up an app, but I'll share the link in the show notes. And it's just your way of being able to, you don't have to pay a subscription for this podcast. You can listen to it for free. But if occasionally you would like to buy me a a coffee in support of that, for the price of a coffee, you are supporting this project because I'm not earning an income from this. This is a real passion project. I love 
hearing all these stories and sharing these women's stories with you. But obviously, any appreciation will be hugely appreciated. So I will share a link for the buy a coffee in the show notes. But I will be back in a a fortnight. And in the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join a fabulous group of women in my free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their own midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram at Rachel Ron. I'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022. If you're loving the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. I'll be back next week with some more inspiration, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous.